need to talk about what just happened. This is Leafs Nation postgame on Sportsnet 590 The Fan and the Leafs Radio Network. Tavares banks it off the boards and tries to go in there after it. Running some interference there was Grizzlick. The puck into the near corner. Here's Matthews trying to get it back to the point, and he does. Here's Nylander with a shot. Pats a big rebound. Scores! John Tavares battling out in front of the net, and the Leafs have opened up a 4-1 lead. A 4-1 lead against Boston. A lot of times more scary than exciting, but tonight it works out more than okay for the Leafs. Leafs Nation postgame here after a 5-2 win at home on a Saturday night. Brent Gunning and Gord Stellick with you here for the next 45 minutes or so. Gord, tons, tons, tons to like about tonight's win. Happy days are here again, Brent. This is uh, like old times, right? This is uh, with Connor McDavid going through the whole New York, New York Ranger team last night for the Oilers against the Rangers. Leaf fans are saying, okay, when do we see our dynamic duo just the, do just the same? And uh, two goals by Matthews, two goals by Tavares, one goal, three assists by Marner, um, Nylander an assist, two assists for Morgan Riley. So the the dreaded arch-Atlantic division rival Boston Bruins in town, and the Maple Leafs keep traction going, keep winning, and it's the power play and the big guns. Happy days are here again. I won't sing it, okay? But happy days, at least for one night, and hopefully more, are here again. We really, really appreciate you not singing. We love hearing from you. We love hearing your Leafs analysis. Uh, you're singing? I don't know. We'll save that for, for how about a, uh, a first-round series win. If we get that, maybe we could do okay. a little singing on okay, this program. Okay, I might even dance if we get that, if we get that. You know, we've talked so much this year about it's all going to need to come from the big four. And, yeah, it was nice to get some depth scoring early on. This is now, if my math is correct, either 13 or 14 straight Leafs goals scored by the big four, of course, as you, you mentioned, everybody coming through tonight. You know, the depth scoring was nice when you were getting goals from Spezza and Engvall and Kasha and Camp were, were helping out. But this team was always going to be buoyed by the guys that got the goals tonight. And, you know, uh, we can kind of pick any of them to start with to talk about their game. I'll, I'll start with Tavares. I thought he was a menace tonight. And that, that goal call we heard to start the show, his second of the night was kind of the, the picture perfect explanation of it for me. Buoyed. I love the word buoyed. And uh, yes, yes. And you know what we're seeing from John Tavares? Um, some emotion. And uh, you don't want him to do a 180. And I mean, he's always going to be a little bit serious. It's certain. But I, I just like that there's been a little bit more of that, a little more demonstrative. And uh, uh, and uh, the point, you know, he takes a penalty. It was a chintzy penalty. They showed Bruce Cassidy talking to the referees at the end of the second period. He wasn't happy about the Marchand penalty. And then uh, Craig Simpson was saying, well, maybe he got kind of a chintzy early call on Tavares. Good on the Leafs for killing it off. And then he comes out of the penalty box. And you're right, Brett. I mean, that there, there were in his, he doesn't go as fast as Connor McDavid, but almost <laughs> some McDavid-type moves. Then the grit to get the puck. Then I've always loved the way he's played in the greasy area. And uh, that ultimately got the goal. So it was kind of a, a micro cause them whatever like 15 seconds that what what you love about John Tavares and you saw it all yeah I mean that was just that was just him being bigger stronger and more determined than just about everybody on the ice during during that goal you know he wins two or three battles he sets up position in front and then he's just super strong on his stick and you know I think sometimes especially when he's struggling we can kind of focus on the things that he can't do like the other elite players in this game he is not going to turn on the Jets and blow by somebody like Connor McDavid can but it you know obviously the player I'm about to mention is you know one of the greatest all time so he's not quite this guy but 
he is a little Crosby-like, Tavares is, when he's going at his absolute best in his ability to cycle and his ability to grind and do the kind of smaller things. And, yeah, I, I really, really, really liked his game tonight. You know, the the guy he's he's kind of been paired up with lately, Mitch Marner, you know, he finally gets off the schneid. I know he, he's gotten a couple this year. He gets his third with the empty netter. But, I mean, it's not the goal scoring that, that stands out for him. He was just the, – the puck was finding him tonight, and he to me it just felt like he was always finding a way to do something with it. Yeah, you know, Brad, it's almost like the fans finally won that uh, the un- the lobbying, usually unsuccessful, Mike Babcock to not play uh, Marner and Matthews together inexplicably in many ways. And it's almost he enjoyed he enjoyed it, reminding everybody that he was the head coach, kind of in a friendly way. And, okay, then they played together, and, and they had a lot of success like you would think they would. But you forget that there was a special year, Tavares and Marner, 47 goals for Tavares and, and Marner, like whatever, just the same, like up in the, among the NHL leaders. So I have no problem going back to that. I, I had a problem, his stubbornness about not even addressing it or giving, you know, giving it a chance for Matthews to play with Marner, but also when you're looking, I mean, that's a pretty, pretty neat kind of, uh, uh, or, or something powerful to deploy. It's a, a lot of coaches would like that predicament about where, who am I going to play together of those four forwards? So I thought this was a good thing to go back to. They do have a history and you've really seen it the last couple of games. And you know, when the Islanders used to come in, they'd, they'd come in, they'd play the least three times a year. So they'd come in once or twice to what was then air Canada center. And you know, Brent, John Tavares is one of those guys I really like because you don't you don't you don't get it all if you don't get to watch him in first person because there, mm-hmm. there's all those things he does that you know are are away from the puck and that I used to really really appreciate that so it, it's it's wonderful seeing it 82 games and especially seeing it a game like tonight yeah I I echo that completely and you know it, it's it's he again he he being the player he is it's he's a he's he's he can be just as dominant at times, but he's he's never going to be as sexy as Mitch Marner or Austin Matthews on the ice. He's he doesn't have the dangles that Marner has or the foot speed or the ability to rip it like Matthews. But he uh, this game tonight just further shows me why he is lumped in with those guys, why he is paid, why he's the captain of this team. You know, uh, we we've talked about Marner, we've talked about Tavares, how special they were tonight. Uh, you know, uh, Nylander, he got on the board as well. We got to talk about Austin Matthews. I mean, that power play goal, that is the one, the the second goal he scored tonight is the one that we have been waiting to see from this team from this unit for a while we kind of saw it the other night with Nylander's winner in overtime but Matthews unleashing a rocket like that it just uh it warms my heart I don't know about you yeah yeah and 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 obviously we'll touch on the power play because all those guys involved in the power play and that was a real positive but the other night when Nylander and he took the pass from Matthews to get that overtime winner but Matthews stick was just cocked all the time he was just (laughs) trying to find that open area that open area and it was you know he was just ready and ripe and almost drooling to do it and and you really saw I don't know just the last couple of games that that skill he has about stick handling and trying to make things happen and uh, I'm with you tonight just you saw okay yeah yeah, that and that's the Austin Matthews world. And in the third period, I, I like that there was a two-on-one that he quickly wired that shot, trying to get the hat trick. I actually like Rasmus Sandin. I know he got caught on that play, uh, you know, unfortunate bounce, and they came back the other way, which led to a Bruin goal. But I, again, I don't mind that. I, I, that's what when you have skill, be a little bit aggressive, go for it, and you know, and and don't be afraid to go for it yourself. So in Austin Matthews' case, you can just you could just see, yeah, the, the, this is the guy, and 
if it's to be the Bruins or the Tampa Bay Lightning in the playoffs. Well, well, or more the Bruins. I mean, he can be a real difference maker against the Boston Bruins. There's no, and I'm sorry if you're a Marchand fan or, you know, there's some great players on the Bruins, but Austin is the guy. Tampa Bay, it's a little bit different, but you would need them. You, you need all hands on deck <laughs> to battle their star power. If that's what, you know, if that what's ends up being an Eastern Conference playoff series at some point. Yeah, and it, it's very, very possible that, that that's the case. And, you know, I think this team, this, this win means a lot for this team. You know, we talked about kind of stamping home the momentum they had built with a win against Tampa, the back-to-back cup champs. And, you know, not to say Boston's necessarily a scarier team than, than Tampa is, but they've been the boogeyman for this team, kind of going back to, well, as long as Mitch Marner's been there and maybe even a little bit longer. And the fact that you got up to that, that magical 4-1 lead, the number we know all so well, and yeah, you, you surrender a goal to Pasternak there on that, that aforementioned Rasmus Sandin play. But the fact that you were able to kind of hold fort, hold your ground, and pick up the win. It's just this has been the boogeyman for this team for so long. And yes, I know, it's, it's early days in November. It's the 15th game of the season or something like that. But I think that this is, we've talked about lessons. I don't think this is a lesson. I think this is a moment where you start to have that belief in yourself that you actually have learned those lessons. Well, you know, your one-year-old son, Brett, you'll teach him down the road or try to. There is no boogeyman, really, because they'll be scared about that. I'll but, try. I'll but, try. Uh, but the boss, if there's such a thing in sports, that's a good description. The Boston Bruins, okay, the people, hard to believe there's people out that aren't, aren't actually listening to our show right now. But the people, Shame. some of the people that aren't would be the ones that just put on a Leaf sweater for the playoffs, right? The uh, mm-hmm. the peripheral fans that get excited when the Raptors are in the playoffs and the, and the Jays make a run and, and the Leafs, they know about the Boston Bruins. They know very little. They just know about having their heart broken three times in Game 7 starting from 2013. So what, in a span of six or seven, whatever years. So you're right. I mean, that that's what they know. That That's what they remember. That hurts. That's real. And even when the Leafs get the lead tonight, you go, oh, Game 7, 2013. Oh, my God. Even it's so it's a regular season game, this whole thing about holding a lead against the Boston. Because so many of those guys are still with the Boston Bruins that came back. Well, Big Z isn't, but, you know, came back and broke Toronto Maple Leaf fans' hearts. So it's, uh, it's, it's yeah. It's got that. It's got that cachet because they've caused the most pain. Uh, certainly, you know a lot of these players. Uh, they weren't there. Pretty well, all those yep. players weren't there. I don't know. If, I don't know if Morgan Riley's the only guy that was there. I, I think Jake Gardner might have been the only. Anyway, whatever it may be, we remember and it hurts. But the first one, although you know the later ones, these guys know. But the first one, those guys don't remember. But they've been part of the other two. Yeah, they they have, and the fact that you can you can you know find a way against this team, you know, if it would have been a if it would have been a four three win by the skin of your teeth, you would have taken it. But after the Pasternak goal, they find a way, and yeah, were there great chances? But I think sometimes we we can kind of overstate the amount that oh, this team's going into its shell late in the game, and I'm not talking about the Leafs. I think kind of every hockey fan does that. Guess what? Boston's a talented team, and they're down two goals. They're going to push. Like chances are, they're going to carry the play at the tail end of games when they're when they're trailing like that. So I think it was a more kind of encouraging sign that they were able to survive that that firefight at the end than it all discourages me that, that Boston got so much going. Yeah, I mean, I, the, the pain I can remember 2013 so much is the Leafs have a two-goal lead, and if Matt Fratton puts in a glorious oh, scoring chance, yes, oh, the infamous the Matt Fratton. Oh. So when they got a three-goal lead tonight, it reminded me they couldn't get that three-goal lead they almost had in, in that particular Game 7. And, and that's why I said to you, I, I didn't mind that play that Sandine jumped in, jumped up for a four-on-two that, that did lead to a goal going the other way because I, I thought it was an educated chance to uh, capitalize on an odd-man rush. He just... Uh, 
fired it and it uh, it didn't go in the right spot. It hit the shin pads and quickly went back the other way because, yes, that game back then and others <laughs> about sitting on the lead, trying to preserve the lead. I mean, one of those other game sevens, they had a lead heading into the third period. The other one, no, Freddie couldn't handle the first shot and Jake got no. in all kinds of trouble. We remember them all, man. Anyway. Oh, let's not uh, forget the game six that they had a chance to close it out at home. Let's not forget that Sunday either. Afternoon, oh, yeah. Easter That's Sunday, right. Easter That's Sunday, right. and they're, they're up one nothing on a goal by Morgan Riley. And you thought it, and it just, then all of a sudden the energy went out and then they got screwed up. They were a man short and then they had to put Zach Hyman to take a face off. And it turned out Zach Hyman, we found out there was playing like with a broken bone and it made no sense. Anyway, yeah, yeah, I, I, I actually, you know, you're, you're totally right. That was the one when they should have closed it out. So, uh, but at least we're not talking. I mean, here we talked about the Leaf Chicago Blackhawk game, uh, whatever it was, like ten days ago. And here Jeremy Colleton gets fired today as the head coach of the Chicago Blackhawks. That really it was kind of a watershed game at that point for both teams. You know, more for Chicago than the Leafs. But you know, ten days later, that for now was in the rearview mirror, and that's what it should be for the Toronto Maple Leafs. That kind of worry, that kind of talk. But it was very real back then. Yeah, it was. Oh, Everybody who was around the team, we talked to Luke. I believe we'll talk to him later tonight. Everyone who was around the team said you could feel the uneasiness. And uh, we will continue to walk you through a 5-2 Leafs win at home over the Boston Bruins, running the win streak up to five. All the big guns getting on the board tonight. And Brent Gunning and Gord Stellick are here with you to continue to break it down. You're listening to Leafs Nation postgame on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Leafs Nation postgame, Brent Gunning, Gord Stellick alongside me, walking you through a 5-2 Leafs win at home on Saturday night. Uh, we're going to hear from some of the Leafs in just a minute here, Gord, but somebody who else I wanted to highlight, we should dive into the power play and we'll, we'll look different about it tonight, but Jake Muzzin has got off to, I think even he would say, a rough, rough start to the season. He hasn't been his normal self. They shake it up the pair. The guy who was his partner last year, Justin Hall, he's been in the press box. I thought that was the best game by a mile he's had this season. He he looked like Jake Muzzin of old. And by of old, I mean like eight months ago. Yeah, as part of happy days are here again. I mean, the Columbus series, uh, think of, oh, the loss of Jake Muzzin. I'm not, I'm not being sarcastic about it. I thought, I thought it was an excuse, by the way. But, but that's how valuable he was, that he got injured, and then they lost those last few games. So yeah, it, it's, been a little, it's been kind of a curious funk that he's been in early on. I, I agree with you. Like, he wasn't happy about that, uh, that first penalty, which led to a, a Boston power play, and, and I thought he had a good argument that way. But uh, I th- real, real solid game by Jake Muzzin. So, uh, I mean, that was encouraging. You always, you always felt uh, the guys were going to break out and go back to normal from what you've seen, and, and Jake Muzzin certainly is one of those guys. Yeah, can we can we just talk about both of those weird officiated calls in the first period? The Muzzin one, I, I didn't like it at all. I can understand it, I guess. But, you know, you have to be able to defend in front of the net. All we ever talk about with this team, it seemed like, for five years is, oh, they're soft. No one moves anybody from in front of the net. And Jake Muzzin does it, and he gets called for delay a game. And then I, I think I understand the rule, but I still really don't understand how, how that first Leafs goal counted with, with Tavares, and I, he gets credit for it. I mean, that, that was a very weird officiating a period and then as you mentioned the very very uh, ticky tack call on Tavares at the end yeah you know I, I mean I like officials calling goals when somebody has intentionally knocked the uh, more the net off its moorings now Patrice Bergeron because he's smooth tried to disguise it by really using John Tavares to knock it off but uh, so so that was one part of it and that could be debated uh, and that could be disagreed upon and then 
I, I take it there was one view it did show that it crossed the line. They they sort of felt that it crossed the line, and then like Tavares just kicked it out or or something. But I'm not saying on purpose. But you couldn't get a clear. It was difficult to get a clear shot about it. And I think they finally did have what? What it took about five minutes, didn't it, Brent? Yeah, long time to go after it. So I think the guy's eyes on the ice had had made the if made the original call a goal. If his if his eyes had original call made a no goal, I think they would have stuck. I think they were going to stick with the call on the ice either way, but it, I mean it worked it worked in the Leafs favor, but uh, I I was a little dubious when they, once they went to the replay if that would be the case. Yeah, and uh, I, this is my last piece I'll say on it. I'm so happy I don't have to sit here talking about how that terrible call on John Tavares was the start of a Leafs downfall. And instead, it's just a little little happy accident that the uh, the officials had in the third period. Uh, we, we just talked about John Tavares and the strong game he had, opening the scoring, adding one more as well. Let's hear from the Leafs captain after the win at home. What do you guys attribute to being so hot right now, especially before you guys just split up and look at you guys? Oh, just competing. Uh... Just, uh, I think, good preparation, uh, good mindset, and uh, just continue to compete. And, uh, you know, I think as a group, uh, as a whole team, just, uh, you know, rolling all, all four lines, all deep pairings. Uh, both things have been, been phenomenal. So, um, yeah, just continue to work. You get some results. Uh, good things start happening, and uh, you just want to continue to build on that. So, um, obviously, we got, uh, we're in the middle of a pretty, pretty long homestand, or it was 9 at 11 or something after that road trip. So, Crucial to make uh, make good on being at home, and um, that's been great. So great energy in the building tonight. Uh, obviously, good rivalry. So um, yeah, a lot of good things today, and uh, we want to keep going. What do you see on your first goal, and what are you thinking as the review goes through? Are you confident it was going to count? Yeah, I, I had to ask the linesman a little bit on the ruling. Uh, just to, in that scenario, with that with the mornings coming off and that coming off, what. Uh, you know, how is the play kind of still alive and whatnot? So, uh, obviously, uh, they reviewed it, took the time, and, and uh, um, uh, good goals. They're just happy that uh, uh, good uh, good uh, um, offense is on ship led to uh, some good opportunities and, and a goal tied in quickly after uh, giving up the lead. John, things could have gone really sideways. You know, you guys are down 2 nothing in Chicago and lost four straight. What does it say about this group, the response you guys have had the last five? Yeah, I, I mean, it's a long season, so uh, just not to get too high or too uh, too low. Uh, things didn't start out, you know, obviously as great as we'd like, but um, like I was saying, I think individually and I think as a team, you know, obviously we knew we had to be a lot better in a lot of areas. There's uh, parts of our game that were, that were loose, but at the same time, I thought there were some, there were some good things uh, in there, and it's just sticking to it and, and uh, believing in the group. and. You find a way to get a win, and it's amazing how it just kind of changes uh, the feeling of the group and, and uh, come back home and start to build on that. Uh, um, just like I said, just sticking with it, competing hard for 60 minutes and finding ways to win. Um, you know, even when you're not controlling games or, uh, um, you know, have a night like we did against Vegas a couple nights ago. So just the way we, we've been battling and competing, and, and uh, tonight was a, a good example of uh, battling back getting Getting, uh, getting down one and then controlling the game and then obviously having to defend or check really well uh, against a team that's uh, obviously uh, very proven and uh, um, can make you pay and that's one I'm John, I know that players are never satisfied with their own play. It's just always another level that we can get to. But where are you with your own play given everything that happened last spring and uh, what you had to do during the summer to get to this point? Yeah, I, I had a great offseason. Uh, recovered well and, and felt really good about training camp and, and just building confidence there. And, and then uh, just continue to believe in myself and my game and, and what, I, what I've been able to do over my career as long as I've played the game. So just continue to stick to uh, 
like I've talked about, just that process and uh, how I approach each and every day, and, and knowing that uh, um, uh, I'm in a good spot with uh, uh, with my role and, and uh, um, where my game's at and who I am personally as a player and, and what I have to do to help this team. So it's just focusing on that, letting everything else take care of itself. It's uh, uh, you know you don't take I don't ever take it for granted, and, and going through something like that only only heightens it even more. So every day you get to go out there and compete in this league at this level and you get to be a Maple Leaf is uh, is phenomenal, and we'll just go out there and enjoy it and, and make most of it. You're not taking it for granted. Saw in the warm-up, you have a nice moment with your family in the glass, just there in the building. What's that kind of mean to you? Yeah, it uh, means everything. It just gives a tremendous perspective. Uh, they went through a lot last year, uh, not being able to be a part of it, and uh, just as many people have been through, um, you know, especially the protocols around there, and even the family's trying to be extremely cautious. And um, you know, just was obviously they, they felt a little bit more distant than normal. From the season and being a part of it, so having them there uh, is my uh, my youngest's first one tonight, so it was uh, special in that way too. So, yeah, it's it's you know that's uh, that's everything to me. So amazing to uh, have them here tonight and, and be a part of it and see what I get to get to do every day and what I enjoy. What kind of lift did you get to the team to see Matthews discovering his shot again and also scoring a couple of power play? Yeah, um, I don't think he's discovering it or oh, discovering it, but. but uh, uh, you know, just same with Matt, you just you just stick through it. I mean, you'd love to get off uh, the hottest starts each and every season. He's obviously coming off of a unique scenario with the surgery and, and the altered off season. And he's done a tremendous job every time he's been through an injury, the way he kind of improves his game, the way he works on things. And, and sometimes that's just part of the evolution and, and things maybe didn't get off to the hottest start, but just sticking with it, keep working on things and, and trusting uh, his instincts and, and his ability and uh, doing so many good things in other areas. Um, I think a great example is uh, you know late in the game, just the battles he was winning uh, with the goalie pole and getting the puck out and things like that. Um, and then when, when he's getting his looks and, and getting the amount of shot attempts and um, plays inside the dots that he gets and, and his ability to influence the game, eventually they're going to fall. You just got to stay with it, and he's only going to gain more and more confidence as he as his uh, uh, risk continues to get stronger too. So. There is the Leafs captain, John Tavares. You mentioned it was his son, his youngest son's first Leafs game. Uh, as Luke Fox mentioned on Twitter, uh, dad did okay. Uh, a couple of goals in a win over uh, the boogeyman that, as we mentioned, does not exist. But if there were one for the Leafs, it would certainly be uh, this this Boston Bruins team. You know, uh, it's just, it, it, it is amazing. We, we talked about it after the last couple of games, Gord, but the night and day feeling around this team. And it's not that one or two things have changed. I mean, the one, the one constant this year has been solid goaltending. I don't think there have been very many games. I mean, may, maybe one you could point to and say, oh, need another save or two tonight. That's been the one constant this year, but just everything has ticked up. The defense has been better. The scoring chances have been more potent. The scorers have actually scored in this in this five-game run they're on now, and it's just you, you kind of at a certain point wonder how long can you keep this up because I think this is, you know, obviously this is going as well as it possibly can, but this is kind of what the Leafs are supposed to look like. Yeah, no, it, it is. It is. It's that, uh, uh, it's, uh, what, what was it, the late Dennis Green, the NFL coach, you know, about the foot. They, they were exactly what they thought they would be, or the Bears were what Who they, they thought, thought they, they would were. be yeah. as he as he was banging away at the podium, um, coaching, head coaching another NFL team. And, yeah, and, and yeah, that's that's exactly it. That's exactly it. I mean, you do play the games. There's a reason you play the games. And uh, um, that so we make our predictions the start of the season. I think most of them come true, relatively speaking, about where teams finish or not. But there's always uh, surprises and disappointments. But 
you know, for the Chicago Blackhawks won three Stanley Cups with uh, with their nucleus, and the LA Kings won two, and the, and uh, on and on it's gone that way. About the Tampa Bay Lightning won a couple in a row, and uh, we know the Leafs haven't had playoff success, but we know the last four years or whatever number it's been, what they have. So. You know, Brent, to go back two years ago, I think another positive is uh, when there were fans in the building, which there weren't last year for that 56-game schedule, that was an uneven regular season. I mean, that really was. That, that was one where the big four and the team in general, you know, they, uh, they, they, were, they were scratching and battling when the COVID world stopped everything for a while. So uh, they did get back on track last year in the Canadian division, the Scotiabank North division. But I think this is part of what we want to see again because, it, you know, it did get off the rails a bit. And you don't want uh, the next time fans are in the building, which is now, it getting off the rails again for a long period of time. And, and that's a good part the last 10 days. I mean, this, this is what they should be. Yeah, this is this is exactly what what they should look like. And you know, we've we've been lucky. We've been down there for for a handful of great crowds every night. We've been down there. Sounded like another great crowd tonight. I mean, why wouldn't it be Saturday, Boston, uh, of course? And the big guys scoring that that always helps. But I think that's been maybe the most kind of surprising thing to me is how quickly everybody was sucked back in. Yes, the start went as bad as it went, and well, the it wasn't the start, but it was the the kind of hiccup after the start. Obviously, the way the season ended last year. There was that word. We keep going back to it, a malaise. And it seemed like the second this team showed an ounce of good faith, they go on a little bit of a run here. And now it, it does feel like, and I even just anecdotally, the conversations I'm having with people, I'm seeing it on our text line. It just does feel like the, the faith is starting to come back for, for this fan base. I believe they always gave a damn, okay? But I think perception-wise, people wondered the start of the year. Are, do, we, do we care more? Are we bothered more about what happened last year than this team is? And when they, they are. But, I mean, fans' perception ends up becoming reality. And I think that seeing Austin Matthews get emotional, hearing, hearing William Nylander, you know, um, take, uh, take personal accountability on behalf of the team, even seeing Marner get same thing, getting ticked about things being a little bit too slow. And I, I think those have all been, all been positives. And, and uh, by the way, so our, our stats with Steve Fellin. So Mitch Marner, and that's why the last two playoffs, you know, we know he struggled. But let's not forget, the guy killed it the other playoffs. He had one dominant playoff against the Boston Bruins in particular. So right now, he's uh, career points per game against the Bruins, 1.60. Okay, that's that's by far the <laughs> highest by a Leaf player. Babe Pratt at 1.31, but a little more applicable is Daryl Sittler at 1.28 per game. And just just players, active players against the Boston Bruins, period. Mitch Marner at 1.60. Second is Sidney Crosby at 1.28 per game. So, I mean, Mitch Marner has had big games both playoffs and regular season consistently against this Boston Bruin team. And good to see it again that he came up with four points tonight, one goal and three assists. And you, you mentioned Marner against Boston and specifically with the playoffs. And I just, I can't go back I, without thinking of him blocking those shots at the end of a game to give him, I believe, a 2-1 lead in the series at home. And it just felt like, wow, this guy is going to be so beloved. This guy is going to be held up forever. And then, you know, it's gone the way it's gone in stretches here. But then you see the glimpses like you saw tonight. You look at those numbers right there. And, you know, no disrespect to, to Babe Pratt. But I, uh, you know, I like my records a little a just a just a hair more recent uh, than when we were naming guys uh, babe. So Daryl Sittler, yes, I'll definitely I'll definitely uh, include him on that there. You know, we talked about Mitch Marner. Let's hear from one of his good buddies, number 34 for the Maple Leafs, Austin Matthews. Austin Matthews tape, please, Danielle. Let's, uh, let's see if we can get that. 
Austin, what's uh, going well for for you guys? Uh, just yourself, John, Mitch, really just contributing every night offensively this last week. I don't know. I think just sticking with it, honestly. Um, you know, I think uh, the highs can get real high here and the lows can get real low. And I think, uh, you know, sometimes you just got to take a step back and take a breath. And I think, um, you know, obviously a couple weeks ago we weren't, um, you know, as a team and for us individually not playing at the level that, you know, we were happy with. And, you know, I think, um, you know, it's kind of come full circle. And, um, you know, Puck's starting to go in. Um, we're playing much more consistent, I think, throughout our lineup. And, um, you know, just producing, so I think that's all positive, and I think we just want to continue to uh, to work hard and uh, lead this team uh, every single night. Now we can start asking you what's working with the power play as opposed to what has been. What do you think the key has been? Box going in that always helps. Um, I think just movement. I think both units too um, you know, are getting really good, really good looks and. Um, you know, they're creating, I think we're hounding pucks, getting pucks back, uh, keeping plays alive, and that's kind of when we're able to kind of break it down a little bit and make these kind of scene plays and pretty plays where uh, we can kind of open up the penalty call a little bit. Like the one with Mitch, the puck's a little ahead of him, you got it on net to you mm -hmm. on your first goal? Yeah. Keeping those alive? Yeah, How would you describe the, the mood of the team for the Chicago game and, and what it's like now with the atmosphere in the dressing room, what we want to see? I, I don't know. I mean, obviously it's a lot lighter. It's always better when you're winning games. So, um, you know, like I said before, like we went through a bit of a, a rough patch. We're trying to kind of find our game as a team and as individuals. And I think, um, you know, now it's, it's going a lot better for us. And we just want to continue to keep our heads down and work hard and focus on the little things and uh, continue to clean up these small areas where, you know, we are having lapses and um, just continue to uh, just play hockey. What in particular did you like the most about the team's game tonight? Uh, I don't know. I think just getting, uh, not getting down after uh, you know, getting scored on first, just kind of staying with it. I think uh, we had a really good pushback after that. And, um, you know, our penalty code gave up one, but then they were just really, really solid throughout the rest of the game. And obviously, that's a really good power play. They got really good players. Um, you know, I thought our the uh, line of JT, Mitchie, and Kerr uh, for an unbelievable night. They've been unbelievable for us last uh, couple games. Um, you know, it's always a challenge going up against that line. They're probably the best line in hockey, so um, you know, it's always a challenge. They did a really good job tonight. Um, I don't know, just a full team effort for everybody, all four lines, um, playing consistently throughout the 60 minutes uh, through the ups and downs. Of the five games streak, how important are the last two, considering their Atlantic Division teams that are Contenders, obviously. Yeah, really important. Um, you know, there are two really, really good teams, obviously, as well. So um, I think this whole week was a really good challenge for us, and uh, I think we answered it uh, pretty well. And um, these games are behind us now, and we're moving on next week. What is the note to you about uh, Timothy? I feel like we're in since he's gotten a win in games here for you guys. Um, he just—he's got a lot of poise, honestly, back there. He makes really good plays. Um, you know, maybe not as, as flashy, but um, you know, he's really deceptive with the puck and skates well. And I think him and Sandy just really read well off each other. I think just that chemistry that they have. Um, they're really good friends off the ice, so I'm sure it kind of leads into their on ice play as well. But we just find that they have really good chemistry out there, especially in the offensive zone. They're able to kind of move around and, and make really good plays with the puck. And he's, um, obviously, he's kind of getting his first taste of playing consistently in the lineup, and he's only going to get better. So. Um, 
obviously has been really good for us. Obviously the rivalry, sorry. Obviously the rivalry is the rivalry, but was it almost in a way good to see Boston again? It's good to see everybody again. I think uh, everybody was kind of getting sick of playing the same, whatever, six, seven teams uh, every single night. So uh, it's, it's definitely a little bit uh, weird since you haven't seen any of these teams in a year and a half, two years. So uh, I think everybody's just excited to be playing some different teams. From good to see everybody again, good to hear everybody again. We heard him last post game. We did joining us again, our buddy Luke Fox. You heard him in the scrum as well. Luke, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing pretty well. How are you guys? Fired up. I'm fired up. Saturday night, <laughs> Leafs beat the Bruins. I was I was terrified heading into it. I might have hinted at that last time we spoke. So yeah, I'm feeling great that uh, that this all went okay tonight. You know, is it fair to say that this game against this team is an even bigger win than beating the back-to-back Cup champs in the Lightning last time out? I think so. I think so. Like top to bottom, how they went about their business tonight. I actually asked Sheldon Keith, like, is this the best? game your your team has played this year and you know he gave some consideration to the vegas game but said that was a a bit of a different type of game i mean you got to consider the opponent um you know this is a division rival healthy uh you know that top line of of bergeron marshawn and pasternak is one of the best in hockey Uh, and the fact that you know they killed important penalties the power play got going their big guns put up points jack campbell was excellent again uh there's so many positive check marks from this game it seemed like a real rounded team effort everyone seemed engaged they were like in on the puck battles it's the best i've i've seen them look all season um so it's been kind of a slow crawl out of the sludge that was uh, the maple leafs heading into chicago and now you look up and the big guns are all rolling, and they have a five-game win streak. Um, you know, th- things things are funny in this league, right? It can happen fast, and it's really turned around here. Yeah, I, I think uh, for fans, again, a reset was needed. Um, the regular season last year, they had a great regular season. It was the Canadian division, so maybe it's a bit of an aberration. Fans were in the building. But these are the guys again. Okay, th- this is the team they came to know and love more tonight, that the big guys were the big guys, and that style play against the Boston Bruins. So everybody everybody can chill a little bit that it looks like, you know, what you thought the team was, who the stars are, are still that way. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like Mitch Marner looks like back to his old self. Like he's buzzing all over the place. He had a bunch of takeaways tonight. In addition to the assists, John Tavares, uh, you know, is in on every battle. He drew the the hard matchup, you know, and there was some thought of gi- giving the matchup to the Matthews line or or even the David Camp line. You know, that that's kind of been their defensive specialist uh, trio. But Tavares and Marner went head to head. Uh, with the, the toughest group on the other side, and they slanted the ice their way. Um, you know, this this is this is what you want, right? You want big time performances from the guys that you're pay, paying to carry this team, and, and that's what they're doing. And momentum is a heck of a thing, right? Like um, th- it builds slowly with you know a couple of wins that they probably didn't even really deserve with Jack Campbell standing on his head or, you know, uh, a comeback where they kind of stole one against Tampa Bay. But this one, when they got down, they fought right back, tied the game up, and then they got the lead. And then they never, they never, you never felt like they were going to let the lead slip. Like that's really important that, you know, earlier on in the season, the Leafs would get a lead, but it never felt secure. Um, This one did, you know, they extended it, they kept coming. Um, And I think that's a really positive sign. 
That's the difference right there, folks, between a journalist and me. Because the second David Pasternak scored, I'm like, oh, God, here we go again. I've seen this movie before. <laughs> that that right there is the difference between a, a journalist and me and you listening uh, out there. Because, yeah, as soon as – if it had been any other Bruin who scored, it could have been Marshawn. I would have been like, okay, maybe they still got a chance. But when it's Pasternak doing that, it's like he – you know, we always say that the Leafs get all their energy from, from Matthews kind of scoring these big goals. It feels like Pasternak is that guy from Boston. So – uh, so I'll, I'll beg to differ there. I think you're right. I just didn't didn't uh, feel that way. Uh, we, we talked about how strong the Tavares game was. You know, you you and I, Gordon and I have talked a lot about that third pair of Lilligren and Sandine. Sandine gets burned a bit on, on that 4-2 goal, uh, trying to pinch in. You know, to, to me, uh, obviously in a 4-1 game, maybe not the spot you want it, but these are the moments where, again, when we talk about lessons, I don't think John Tavares or Mitch Marner or Austin Matthews should be learning lessons. But if anyone on the team is going to, I'll, I'll take it from my young 20-something defense third pair. Yeah, yeah. I mean, those guys get a little more rope, right? And quite honestly, I, I think they've been really good. I mean, yeah, there's the odd mistake. But on the whole, um, I think there's been a, a certain level of consistency. And Sheldon was really high on Lilligren after the game. The fact that, you know, it's rare that this guy gets to play four games in a row. Um, but he was out there on important penalty kills. Um, you know, sometimes he ended up against the big guys on, on Boston just because of how the line changes went and he held his own. He made some really poised plays with the puck. Uh, nothing flashy, you know, but it, he rarely got into trouble. Um, and it's getting to the point now where you wonder if Justin Hall gets into the lineup because he's been scratched four games and I don't think anyone's played their way out of out of the lineup and it's hard to mess with a, a winning lineup and kind of funny right like just how much they've tweaked the the combos on the blue line and found success you know moving Brody with Muzzin I thought Muzzin was more physical tonight than he has been in, in most games this year um, Dermot actually broke up a, a three-on-one at one point I thought he had a really strong game and this morning he was answering questions about the trade rumors about him so uh, the blue line ha- has done some nice work it's going to get overshadowed by you know the Austin Matthews one-timer but the, there's a well-rounded effort going on here Got to do a bit of a pivot here, but I, uh, I, I love Brad Marchand. I mean, I do, uh, but it's funny. He kind of has the 2021 version of the old, the old Broad Street Bullies way back when the Philadelphia Flyers. Their thing was, we're going to create so many infractions, you just can't call them all. And, uh, we're, and yeah. you know, they, they were, and, and that's kind of been his style. And I liked that, especially when you saw a replay of that, that he got the only penalty when it first. Now, Lilligren, too, I know the ref was pissed when he goes in the penalty box because that gave Bruce Cassidy fodder when you got a pull. Lilligren out of the penalty box that you didn't get a penalty but you did look at it and really Marchand took about four shots at him and he's been successful at those are usually co- coincidental minors yeah it was a bit of a rookie mistake going to the box there I think I think he yeah. just uh, felt get guilty or shy or something oh, I better go <laughs> um, but yeah, hey that's another thing he drew a penalty like like good on him um, but yeah Marchand seemed to be mixing it up and, and you know what else there was a, a great energy in the building this is the first uh, time there's been over 19,000 at a home game for Toronto this this season. Um, you know, it, it it hasn't been horrible the attendance, but it hasn't been um, sellouts. Everyone, so this was the biggest crowd. It seemed like the loudest crowd, most involved crowd, and the hockey was entertaining. Um, I kind of wondered what we get, you know, these two old rivals who hadn't played in in almost two full years. Um, 
but it picked up right where it left off. And I think Marshawn, to your point, Gord, uh, was a big uh, cause of that because he's always mixing it up. He always is. He has to be in the center of everything, and I both love him and hate him for it. I uh, love him <laughs> literally any other game. Hate him when it's a game like tonight. Uh, you know, last one, we'll, we'll let you go on this. You know, we, we talked about Justin Hall. Who knows when he'll get in a game again. I think that's going to be a really interesting kind of plot line to, to follow this week. Of course, next game is is Monday against the Kings. Uh, Peter Morazic, I, I saw you today, uh, the, the team putting out that he tweaks something. You know, this is a good run that Jack Campbell's on, and I don't think anybody's rushing to get him out of the net. But I do wonder just how much longer you can kind of go with basically just one win. Yeah, because this wasn't the plan, right? The whole point of, of paying uh, Mrazek all that money and bringing him in for three years is because you recognize that you don't want to go with one strong goalie and a second one that, that you have question marks about, right? This was supposed to be a tandem. Uh, but here we are. Um, you know, nearly four weeks into the season, and Mrazek's played a grand total of, of five periods. Um, he comes back, uh, in retrospect, too early from rehabbing that groin, tweaked it at practice, and, you know, he's, he's back on the shelf. So he's getting reevaluated today. We might learn a bit more on a, on a timeline tomorrow. I would expect Campbell plays again uh, Monday, why mess with the hot hand? But then you look ahead and you got a back to back. And, you know, it's obvious that this team doesn't trust Michael Hutchison anymore. So can Mrazic be healthy in time for, for next weekend's back to back, hosting Calgary and then going to Buffalo? That'll be a, a story to follow next week. Yes, it will. Time will tell. Uh, Luke, always enjoy chatting with you. Thanks so much, bud. Okay. Have a great night, guys. There he goes. Follow him on Twitter at LukeFoxJukebox. Read his stuff, sportsnet.ca. Always, always love, love, love getting getting his thoughts there. Yeah, the, the goaltending question is going to be an interesting one. You know, I, I had kind of highlighted that Friday, Saturday, back-to-back, that, boy, you, you'd really hope Mrazek is ready for, for one of those games because you would hate we've, – we've seen it before with, with in the past, and not to pick on Hutchinson, but you've seen it before where this team just doesn't have faith in the goaltender behind them, and it kind of spirals. Now, this shouldn't happen. I am not letting them off the hook for this but it kind of spirals to the play of the whole team and it just feels to me like uh, they're going to need Mrazic to get in I know you can't rush him because you need him for this year and you're paying him for two more after this but man uh, if he's ready for Friday or Saturday's contest it feels like that'd be a big big boost okay particularly with Kawhi Leonard and load management it became Freddie Anderson we've got to give Freddie a rest that was the whole call (laughs) and that kind of the COVID world came and that all changed and last year Freddie had too much of a rest because he was hurt and don't tell me we're going to start this and it's not it's it's not a uh, um, it's not a question that needs to be asked you're right it's not it's not an invalid question uh, about yeah that you don't want any goaltender playing like 70 games or 60 65 games really uh in modern day NHL, but yeah, about uh, Peter Mrazek has come injury prone, and unfortunately, so far his start is injury prone. Yeah, not what you like, not what you like. I would imagine the man we're about to hear from he liked a lot tonight. I imagine that's Leafs head coach Sheldon Keefe. Let's hear from him now. We need a team effort, obviously, to put a five game win streak together. But how easy does it make it when the stars start to come out like they have in the last two or three games offensively? Yeah, we need those guys to produce, and they have been here now. Obviously, no coincidence that we've started to roll as a team since that's happened. But uh, you opened your question with it. I really thought it was a great team effort tonight all the way through. I thought we just had terrific efforts from each line in the defense, both ending 
special teams. You know, Love Tower penalty kill responded tonight after getting scored on quickly. But when you really needed it, you know, late in the game, uh, in the third period there, it was outstanding. And power play, you know, they, they're, they stepped up. They were really good. They didn't get, they didn't score on the uh, first two, I want to say, I guess it was. But in the first period, we had good chances. Second period, we were, we were on it and stayed with it. Two huge goals for us to give us a chance to win the game. It was just a great team effort all the way through. Yes, uh, our our guys, you know, that we, we need to score and what we count on to score did. But there's a lot of really good things happening off in the lineup tonight. I thought Spetsa Line gave us some great shifts. I thought Kemp and Kasha, uh, Kasha was outstanding tonight. He, this guy competed at a really high level in all areas of the game. So we had a lot of guys that were good tonight. Things could have gone really sideways, and you know, down down to nothing. Chicago four game losing streak. What what have you seen from the group in these last five games? What, what have they shown you and shown us? I think the biggest thing is we've just shown belief. You know, uh, to just stay with it. We've been talking about it for a long time. I think every team talks about it. Just how important it is to to, to keep the belief in the room, block out the noise. You know, we. <clears throat> Five games in a row, we, you know, we've gotten points here. You know, for me, we've won three of them outright. Two of them we've tied and won the overtime. So I, you know, I look at it a little bit differently. Well, I take it back to Carolina. You know, I, I, I talked about it at the time that even though that, that game didn't go the way we wanted to, I felt coming out of that game that that experience there, because I didn't think we played well in the game. We just played against a really good team that made it real hard on us. But I thought our team would grow through that experience. And it's been incremental. It, it took time in Chicago for things to really turn and start to come. But since there, it's, there's been incremental growth in our team, and, and uh, things have started to fall into place. This is a big win here tonight. And obviously, just like we needed to block out the noise when things weren't going well, it's, it's equally as important we do it now. And, Come back to the rink tomorrow and have good practice and get ready for LA. The net coming off the morning in the first period, both ends, you guys get a penalty because of one and you get a goal because of the other. Let's go through your mind in those two sequences. It was interesting how they both played out. And I wasn't very happy with the first call and how that played out. The ref explained it to me and what he had seen. And for it to come back the other way and impact the goal, the, the officials were, were pretty adamant that. You know, they've seen it similarly to the first one. In fact, if the goal was going to come back, they had said there, was, there would be a penalty on the play. Um, I learned a little bit about how, how the rule works when it comes off. I'm a little unsure about that. Um, you know, it, it's, you don't see those type of plays happen very often, but obviously great that it worked out for us. What has stood out most to you about Timothy Lundgren in this stretch of games he's got? He's just been consistent. It's so important for a young player. Can you go out every shift and and just puck comes to you? It's time to make a play and advance the puck. You do that. Sign to defend. Can you do that? Close plays and get things stopped. You know, tonight, uh, you know, he, he had to play some shifts against you know, one of the best lines in hockey uh, in the Bergeron line and you know, did a great job. Just looked confident. Did a good job in the penalty kill. Uh, you know, we've seen a good stretch of play from him today. That's. It's great to see his development. We believed in him for a long time. It's taken a little bit here for us to get him this opportunity, but he's earned that. You know, obviously the door opened for him. You know, with, uh, defense you know, hadn't played well early on, and we made the change with Justin Hall. But it's opened the door. That's what you're looking for, as to step through that door and take advantage of it. Why do you like Tavares for the Bergeron matchup? 
One more time. Why did you like Tavares for the Bergeron matchup tonight? Um, John, any time that have put him in that in that position, I think he's done a really good job. Obviously, I've got a great deal of belief and trust in, in Kerfoot and Marner and how those guys play defensively. And both those guys have done a really good job of helping to keep the buck out of our net at 505 this season, no matter who they've played with. And uh, John's played very well defensively, too. And, and then also, you know, if there's going to be any opportunities to go the other way, I, I like the ability to, to counter that. So, you know, I, I really liked that matchup. We felt good about it. To, you know, we feel confident with Matthews just the same, but I just. Kerfoot and Marner's presence there, and, and the fact that I thought that John you know, could counter a Bergeron, Bergeron well. We decided to do that one door tonight, and those guys did a really good job. What have you thought of uh, Nick Ritchie? This looks like he's got a home on that line with Jason and Wayne, but uh, I'm sure he'd like to score right now, but what do you like in this game the last two or three times? Yeah, he's done little things really well. In fact, I started to give him a little more ice here tonight. You know, I, I thought that. Uh, you know, I didn't, I didn't like some of the things about Engvall's first period, and that opened the door a little bit to change things. And uh, the last few games, I've liked some things that Richie's done. And he's a guy that, you know, we think he has more to offer our team. And it's not hasn't happened for him quite yet here, you know, both offensively and just impacting the play shift to shift. Uh, but I've loved his attitude and how he's approached it here. He hasn't solved or anything like that by playing less and moving down the lineup. He's been a good teammate. He's continuing to work. Uh, and the shifts that he's gotten, he's done a nice job with. So I thought here again today he did some good things. He's yet to get rewarded for it. We're obviously hopeful that it can come together for him, you know, but uh, uh, I think he's done a nice job. And, and I do agree that that Spencer Simmons, the uh, Richie Warren, has done a really nice job for us the last few games. But I changed it up a little bit here tonight at different times, but Simmons to me has played really well. You know, Spez, we know, has become reliable for us. Um, so again, just really good team effort today, all the way through. You know, you know, our guys have scored. Those, those guys are executing at a high level, and that's important for us. But uh, we need everybody, and uh, I thought we just got tremendous efforts throughout our lineup. Was it the best that you've seen from your team this year? I'd say so. I was thinking about it. Obviously, you know, the Vegas game we felt really good about, but it's a different type of game. We really, from the from the beginning, you're in control of the game. This one here tonight, you know, it's it's tough. You gotta you gotta find a way to get down in the game. You gotta, you know, even the score. You gotta, or, you know, you've got some really elite players on the other side. You gotta kill penalties. You know, the power play comes through for us. We have to defend a lead. You gotta deal with the fact that we gave one up, not killing the second one, and the third. There's a lot of things that you're having to deal with in this game here today that are different from the Vegas game. So yeah, for me, this this is as good as we've been, and as complete as we've been throughout our lineup. I would agree. I think a win at home on Saturday night against Boston means just a little bit more than it does against Vegas. Uh, Gord, fun, fun night. There was one thing I wanted to highlight. You know, we talk a lot about the current iteration of the Leafs, but a former Leaf, Kasperi Kapanen, with his first career hat trick tonight. Uh, a, a fan favorite, and I'm sure uh, that brings a smile to a lot of people's faces in Leafs Nation. Absolutely, and Florida beats Carolina 5-2, so they don't get the 10th consecutive win, which would have matched the 10 wins from the start of the season. The Leafs set back in 19. 1993. God rest his soul, Pat Burns. I know Buffalo did it as well. So for another generation, they can kind of smile. There it is. The record is safe. Let's see if the Leafs can push their streak. They're looking for a sixth straight win Monday night at home against the Kings. Gordon and I will be there. You can listen right here on Sportsnet 590. The fan Leafs 5-2 winners at home over Boston. Oh, love to say that. Thanks so much for listening tonight to Leaf Station Postgame on Sportsnet 590. The fan.